Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Simplifying the Sod. Uh, this uh, class is basically, uh, we're going to try to repeat by popular request a uh, class that we gave at Sodashili Shi on, uh, on, uh, sh- on late Shabbat afternoon. And the question which provoked the class was uh, someone had asked earlier in the week in my office and said, listen, you guys, I understand why we eat matzah on Pesach. We eat matzah because we remember that we ate matzah when we left Egypt. It's uh, part of the different things that we do to bring the reality of the holiday into our lives. It's part of the, the, the things we do to create a memory, to be able to pass down from one generation to another, all of these things we do at the Seder, all these different customs. And this person said to me, he says, but do you really think that Hashem cares if you eat chametz on Pesach? Do you think He really cares? Okay, so we have matzah, and what's the difference if the next day I go out and I have my, uh, my, my bagel for breakfast? Does really Hashem care? And it's a good question. And I recalled that I, that I that had an essay on it, and the essay was written by uh, a rabbi from Nativ Arie, Rabbi Chaim Rosenblatt. And I went through my notes to find the essay because I thought it could be really an interesting class. And then another question came up also. We read each day uh, during the first three weeks of Nisan, we read a special tefillah. Now, we mentioned uh, in a class before, we read a tefillah uh, relating to the Nesi'im each day. So each day for the first 13 days, we read a paragraph from the Torah regarding the donations of the princess. And then after, we read a special tefillah. And in that tefillah, which is based on the Zohar, we read about those in the bird's nest above, peering over, praying for us, and us praying for those souls that are in Shamayim. And according to the Zohar, as we've discussed before, the souls in Shamayim specifically are praying for us during the first three weeks of Tishrei and the first three weeks of Nisan. Now we can understand why they're praying for us during the first three weeks of Tishrei. During the first three weeks of Tishrei, what's happening is we're under pressure. Now, in both periods, we're doing extra mitzvot, and our extra mitzvot, in a sense, because every time we do a mitzvah, there has a level of aliyat neshama for those who influenced, gave birth to us, taught us, them in Shemaim, they're getting some credit for the mitzvot that we're doing. So when we have a period that we're doing extra mitzvot, we sort of raise those souls. So during those periods, those souls look down upon us and sort of pray for us to Hashem from Shemaim that things should be good for us. But we understand the th- first three weeks in Tishrei, what's happening. We have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Ma'amat Hadin. We're going up for judgment. So those souls are praying for us that Hashem should give us a good judgment. Then we go, the 10 days of repentance. And those souls are praying that we should find within ourselves to do the Teshuvah. We come to Yom Kippur and they're praying that we should be we should be sealed for a good year. And even after Yom Kippur, as we go into Sukkot, we don't have the final delivery of the of the verdict until Hoshanah Rabbah. So those first three weeks of Tishrei, those souls are praying that we should be able to be judged for a good year because what's decided there 
is the whole year. But what about the first three weeks of Nisan? Why specifically do they need to pray for us during these first three weeks of Nisan when we celebrate Pesach, when we have Leil Shimurim, when, when things seem to be so good? So we're going to start with those questions. We're going to add some more questions. And I'm going to tell you, by the time we end, Bezrat Hashem, you're going to look at this whole period of time and you're going to look at Pesach a little differently. Now, Rabbi Rosenblatt explains that this class is based on the, the Mekubal Rav Shlomo El Yashiv. Rav Shlomo El Yashiv was the grandfather of Rav El Yashiv, of many of us know in the, in, the, in, the past, in the past few years, he was one of the, the Gedolei Hador. So his grandfather was an amazing, amazing uh, scholar, and we know him by the name Leshem, the Leshem, because he wrote a book called Leshem. So let's let's start, and we're going to look from there, and then we're going to go. We're going to go with it to try to understand. We know that the pasuk tells us that when we left Egypt, we had to leave in a big rush. We had to leave in a big rush. We were rushing out of Egypt. Remember, we we have uh, the night of Pesach. That night we have uh, we we sit down. We're sitting down with our belts on, with our shoes on. We're ready to go on the journey. And we eat the Pesach sacrifice, and that's the night that the firstborn die. And then the first thing, the next morning, as the sun is, is beginning to rise, the Egyptians are pushing us out of Egypt. They want us to leave. They want us to leave. We leave in such a rush that the dough, which is on our shoulders, doesn't have a chance to rise. And therefore, we had matzah. And that's one of the reasons that we tell out, that we, we explain that we eat matzah. But the question is, when we eat really in such a rush, the Egyptians at that point had been decimated. They had gone through the 10 plagues, the 10th wiping out their firstborn. Were we really so afraid of the Egyptians at that point that we had to rush out? Or was there another reason? And all of us learned in school, no, we had to, Hashem had to get us out because had we stayed in Egypt even one more minute, we were already at the 49th level of Tum'ah, the 49th level of uh, impurity. And if we didn't leave in that minute, we would have sunk into the 50th gate from which there is no redemption, there's no return. But it's also hard for us to understand that because we could say or we could ask a question and we asked... When do you think the lowest point for B'nai Israel was? When do you think we were actually in that 49th level in danger of sinking into the 50th level? Do you think it was now, after we spent a year seeing the miracles of the 10 plagues, each of those miracles of the plagues, what did they do? They revealed another level of us, of how Hashem rules the world. We became closer and closer to Hashem finally. We went through the last week that we were in Egypt. We, we did Brit Milah ourselves. We did the, the blood of the, of, the, uh, of the sheep that we sacrificed, that we slaughtered. We put the blood on our doorposts. By, by your blood you should live. We did all of these things. We, we, we tied the sheep to our bed for four days. This represented the, the God, as we explained before, the God of the Egyptians, Ares, the height of their power. We risked so much by doing this. And, and at that point, we had this connection to Hashem. We really had some level of a connection to Hashem. So if you're going to tell me, 
When was the, the time that we were at the 49th level of Tumah ready to sink into the 50th? I would suggest, as the Lashem suggests, that it was probably a year earlier. A year earlier, when Moshe came, and Moshe tells him, I'm going to take you out, and all of a sudden, instead of going out, what happens? Paro tells, sorry folks, we're going to give you even more work. We're going to give you even more work. You're going to have to go and gather the straw. At that time, they were so depressed. And depression depression is, is the biggest danger when it comes to trying to connect with Hashem. A person depressed cannot connect. Uh, we see the stories in, in many places. We see even the, the, about Yaakov Avinu, the greatest of the greats. The greatest of the greats. And when he's depressed at the loss of Yosef, the rabbis tell us for all those years he was separated from Yosef. He couldn't have, he couldn't have a revelation from Hashem. He, he couldn't connect to Hashem on the same level. Because depression is very dangerous. Depression, we say every day, Hashem should protect us from Yagon and Anachah. And depression also represents the dark side, the evil forces. So they were in the most depressed point. They were in the darkest of darkest. They had sunk in into uh, a habitual uh, social relationship with the the, the Egyptian idolatry. That that was the lowest point that they were at, and that was the point most likely where they could have. They, they could have, we could say to them that they're at the 49th level, sink one more level, you're not getting out of Egypt, you're into the total bottom of impurity. But one year later, after going through everything they get, go through, do we really think that Egypt at that moment represents the same degree of spiritual threat to the Jewish people? So it's interesting. The Lashem, because of that, suggests something else. Actually, he suggests something exactly 180 degree opposite of the suggestion above. Explains the Lashem. You know why B'nai Israel had to leave Mitzrayim at that moment without delay? Because if they did not, the system of evil would have been totally and permanently destroyed. What? Evil would have been destroyed. How can we say that? Because we know that the, the ten plagues, what did they do? Each of the ten plagues broke through and destroyed one of the concepts of Avodah Zarah. We were destroying the evil of Egypt step by step, level by level. That's the reason for the ten plagues and the order they came. Each one affected a different level going up and up and up. Finally, we come to the plague of the, of the firstborn, when the death of the firstborn. And we have to remember how we said that Pyro was so assured of the power of Aries that on the 15th night of the month of Aries, when the moon was full at the height of the power of Aries, he never suspected that Moshe's, even after nine plagues, he never suspected that this could happen to them. And therefore we see that Paro had to be woken up in the middle of the night because he went to sleep. And that's where the kids have the song, Paro in pajamas in the middle of the night. What do you mean? How could you go to sleep when you think all of the people are going to die? He didn't believe it. But at that point, Egypt was destroyed. And we see that, that the Egyptians went to pressure B'nai Israel to leave because they said, we're all dying. And the question is, are they all dying? No, they all didn't die. But what did they mean we're all dying? It doesn't just mean physically that they died. 
But as a result of this makat bechorot, as this result of this death of the firstborn, the Egyptians saw in a real way that the system of evil, the system of evil, the, the dark side, the depths of the dark side, which was Egypt, was about to be destroyed. Now the question goes, but what do you mean? If Egypt was going to be destroyed because we would have stayed a moment longer, and why would Egypt have been destroyed? Because Hashem was with us in Egypt at making this revelation. And they just wanted us out and the spiritual force of Hashem out of Egypt. So if Egypt's going to be destroyed, the question is simple. Why didn't Hashem just keep on shining His light? And that would be the end of all evil forces. That's what we pray for. You know, we see that, yeah, Hashem's going to come kill the, 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 uh, the angel of death, the Yetzir Hara. Why didn't we want Hashem just to kill the, the dark side? End it all. It would have been done, complete and total revelation. So the Lashem clarifies that creation is founded upon two pillars. The first is what is the goal of creation? You know, we, we've discussed in the past that Hashem, He created the world, so to say, created us, so to say, to give us everything, to give us the light. Hashem just wanted to give us and give us and give us and give us. But we said that it becomes difficult for a person just to receive and receive without being able to pay back, without being able to say thank you, without being able to tell Hashem, yeah, to do for Hashem in some way, even though we really can't do for Hashem. So Hashem put into effect a second system. The second system allows us to earn. It allows us to earn and to grow through earning and to receive that light because of learning, because of earning, earning. So man needs to, to earn the bestowal of the light through acts that have the power to draw down the light upon him. The Lashem calls this matter the siva hamechuvat the the intended cause. So, in this sense, Hashem intended that man should be the cause of any bestowal of divine light upon him. But then again, we come up with the question: If the goal is for Hashem to give us the pleasure of His light, then we should just experience it. Why not let it just come and we have it? What's the whole idea of having to earn it? Why is the second uh, part required? Why do we have to have the, the logic of this intended cause? Now, we've studied for years the fact that if you give someone and give someone and they don't have this ability to pay back and return, it's called bread of shame. You can't even eat it anymore. Someone brings you every single day a cake. A cake, a cake. You don't know who's bringing you the cake. That's all you have to eat. And you have this cake coming to you every single day. But you don't have the ability to pay back. You don't have the ability even to say thank you. At the end, you don't even want it anymore. You can't take it. It's called bread of shame. So so we have to keep this idea of bread of shame in mind. Because we need to earn in order for us to be able to receive it. It's, it's our, we need it. It's, it's part of us. And there's a second part of this, that pure light is a light of unity. It's a unity light. This is a fairly deep idea, but you could relate to it because 
We say every single day, again and again, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. We have that this is the last verse that a person says before they leave the world. We have the story of Rabbi Akiva when they're torturing to death and he, he says that, that he always wanted to achieve a level and he says the Shema and with the word Echad, his soul leaves him. He wanted to be able to give everything for Hashem. This is the idea of Echad, of unity. We have in the, before we do each of the mitzvot, we have to, to recite something to give us the Kavanah and we say the Leshem Yichud in order to unify. This idea of unity is crucial. And through unity, we're more able to connect with the oneness of the light. In contrast, the more the duality is involved. And remember, duality is also a side of the dark side, to think that there really is a second force, that, that there's something against. But there's not. It's all Hashem. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. So the duality reduces the experience of the, of the light. Additionally, we have to remember, when you do something to earn something, when you make something with your own hands, there's that much more pleasure in receiving or in experiencing the, the, the thing you've done. So when a person earns an experience of the, the divine light, as we're going to call it, and he's part of the cause of the illumination, the experience is an extension of that person, and so one with him. And that person can then connect with the unity that characterizes that light. But if the light is a free gift, so that you didn't cause that illumination, the experience is not really an extension of that person, so it's not completely one with him, and there's some presence of duality in the experience of the light, and that's going to interfere with the experience. So these ideas are ultimately relevant to any gift of light or any bestowal of light upon a person. And therefore, for the light to be complete and to be pure and to be total, that light has to be, has to have something to do with us. We have to be the one, as we often say, no light comes from heaven until we switch the switch on below. We are always part of the equation. So now that we understand why it's necessary to earn the light through a level of free will, and really everything has to do with free will, that's what man is all about, what, what separates man. We have free will, we have a choice to do good, to do evil. The test is always there for us to grow. The more we're tested, the more we understand who we are, the more we grow. So we have to note that the Jewish people in Egypt, remember we said that they're so connected to the way of the Egyptians. They've been living in Egypt for over two centuries, the last 86 years, under terribly harsh conditions. And all they see around them is the Egyptians and the Egyptians' way of worship and the Egyptians' connection with the astrology, with the horoscope, with the astrological forces. They see all of that from, from, from the Egyptians and they become mired in that level of, of Abu Dazara. Remember when we leave Egypt, what do the angels say? 
But with crossing the sea, they say these worshipped Avodazara and these worshipped Avodazara. So we were very, very connected to the Avodazara. Even at this point, we were starting to do, to do, uh, to do mitzvot. We started to do something. We showed some level of connection. Still, the light that came to us really wasn't earned. It was an external to Bnei Israel. Hashem gave it to us as a gift. And if you give something to someone as a gift, it's not totally perfect as compared to someone who earns it. Now remember, we, we, we could relate to this very easily because we see that on the night of Pesach, this is Leil Shimurim, we have this incredible gift of light. The light is intense. It takes us up all the way, 49 levels from, say, let's say, and, and let's think of it this way. Let's say we were at the negative 49 a year before. During the period of the plagues, maybe we came up to, to zero. And then from that period of zero, we had to go up 49 levels of Kiddushah, 50th level of Kiddushah. Hashem gives us this zap of Kiddushah, this zap of light, this experience that's so incredible, it's indescribable to bring us to such a high level. And then what happens the next day? The next day we go, go through Pesach. And the next day what happens? We begin to count the Omer. We begin to count 49 days. And each of the days we're going to count until we come to Hamishim Yom Tisperu, the 50th day, which we don't even count because we don't get to that level, but that's Shavuot. What happens? Every day we try to take ourselves up level by level to earn the level. You receive a blast all at once, unearned, and it goes quickly. It goes quickly. Something that comes unearned so quickly, leaves so quickly. And then what do we have to do? We have to go level by level by level to take it up to the level. And therefore we can understand on one level why it was necessary for evil to continue in the world. Because only if we have the Yetzir Hara, only if we have the evil inclination pushing us, can we overcome the evil inclination. I suggested that we look at the Yetzir Hara, he's, uh, he's a, uh, an angel of Hashem. And although we say that Hashem is going to take the Yetzir Hara at the end of days and, and, and slaughter the Yetzir Hara, now the Yetzir Hara, this angel of Hashem, has a job. And that job is to test us in order for us to grow. And even though we may think that the Yetzir Hara is so happy when we fail, I think the opposite. I think the Yetzir Hara's job is to test us. And I think as an angel of Hashem, he's thrilled when we overcome the Yetzir Hara. But the dark side now sees, hey... They're getting all of the light. They didn't earn any of the light. What's happening here, it's almost as if the dark forces, the dark side, is being put into a fight with B'nai Israel. And we say, okay, we're going to fight B'nai Israel. And B'nai Israel say, hey, you know what? We're not fighting you. We're bringing in our big brother. We're bringing in someone to take you on instead of us. And we bring in the big, big guy, and that's Hashem, and Hashem's light knocks out the Yetzirah. It knocks out the negative side without allowing the negative side and the negative forces in some way to do their job. And what's going to happen? The negative force is going to be upset and say, hey, we want to fight a fair fight, even though we think it's not a fair fight sometimes. But remember, 
Hashem gives us the ability always to overcome whatever challenge the Yetzir Hara, whatever challenge is put in our way. So they're saying, hey, we think it's supposed to be a fair fight. Now they came up with the light to try to wipe us out completely. What are we going to do? We want revenge. Now we've also discussed how the Jewish calendar is a circle. We come back each year to the same place in time, and that same place in time also has the same characteristics. So every year when we come to Pesach, when we come to this ability to escape from Egypt, we all have this ability to escape from whatever we are in our own lives that, ha- that has to be changed. A person who's addicted to something has a special power during Pesach to leave the addiction behind. All of these things, this extra strength is given to us in Pesach. That's that time of year. We come to Shavuot, we have the extra ability to read and receive the Torah. We come to Yom Kippur, we have the ability where Hashem forgave us when Moshe came down with the second set of Luchot and therefore Yom Kippur is a day that we could be forgiven and all our sins could be wiped out. And this is how it goes through the entire year. Each period of the year relates to that power up there. So when we come back to Pesach each year, what happens when we come back to Pesach? We come to a time where we have this free free Hashem giving us this light. Again, we have this light. And what happens? The evil, the dark side wants revenge for the first time that this happened, where they were almost knocked out, where we weren't worthy. They want revenge against us. And they come with a vengeance to attack us. You know, we say that always the Yetzir Hara starts to dance in in the hours before Shabbat. When we're going into the tranquility of Shabbat, we always find ourselves facing this difficulty, that difficulty. I'm going to suggest that when we come into Pesach, when we come to Erev Pesach, those difficulties are even more. We have the Yetzirah, the dark side is trying to push us and push us. And why now more than any time? Because they're so upset. They want revenge against us. They want to break into us. They want to take the Kiddushah that we have in this time of year. And they want to wipe it away because they see the Kedushah that we have this time of year is so powerful. It's helping even those above in Shemayim. And therefore, this time of year, when those above in Shemayim see that the dark side is trying to attack us, what are they doing? They're praying for us specifically at this time of year. And this allows us then to begin to understand what's the whole idea behind not eating chametz on Pesach. What? What does this have to do? Yes, this is going to show us because what is chametz? Hametz, the rabbis tell us, is the access point for the dark side to enter. It's the access point for them to enter into our lives. How, how do we say, and why this time of year more than ever? We said because this time they're trying to attack us because they're upset, because we knocked them out somewhat unfairly. Now they want revenge. So what are they going to do? They're going to access us through the Hametz. How does Hametz become the access point? We know what is Hametz. Hametz is when we allow the dough to rise. And what makes the dough rise? What is it within the dough that makes the dough rise? The dough goes through a process of fermentation. There's a leavening agent in that. What does that do? How does the dough rise? Gas bubbles enter into the dough. And this is usually carbon dioxide, and it's done by the biological agents that's why we have the yeast, and the yeast causes everything to, to trigger. And what happens is we have these bubbles of gas within the dough. 
the bubbles of gas cause a separation within the dough. This idea of separation, which is uh, epitomized by chametz, and we also say, what does chametz have to do? Chametz has to do with hubris, with blowing up who we think we are. This is the Yetzir Hara entering us. This is the Yetzir Hara, and this during Pesach, when it's the most dangerous time for us, we have to be sure, because we're almost as if, we, we have to be very sure because we're, we're very susceptible and they're very, very powerful. So when, when the, the virus is very powerful, the virus is trying to enter you, what do you have to do? You have to try to create as sterile an environment as possible. It's the surgeon going into surgery. They have to make sure when they're opening a person up that they make sure it's as sterile as possible because they don't want any germs to enter. The same way in Pesach, when the germs want to enter, because we didn't earn it properly, what are they trying to do? They're trying to come into us on Pesach, and where's the access point? Through the chametz. And that's why during Pesach we can't have chametz. But after Pesach we can have chametz. Because it's during Pesach that they really want to come and get us. That the, the negative side wants to enter us. So we see that the negative side has an agenda on Pesach. And chametz is the access point for those negative forces. So we could return to the original question. If chametz is a problem, why isn't it a problem all year? And we just answered that. Because all year they're really not trying to attack us the same way. So to summarize that point, just so it sinks in. This is how it is with us on Pesach. Chametz is indeed an access point for the negative forces. However, all year round, there isn't any particular friction between B'nai Israel and evil more than the general one. Nor are we loaded up with spirituality the way we are on Pesach. Remember, what is the dark side always trying to do? The dark side is also trying to take away our spirituality to, to give themselves energy. We talk about the idea that they, they're almost like a leech sucking out the spiritual energy. So when does the, the dark side want to attack you more than ever? The dark side wants to attack you when you have something for the dark side to take. Think of a criminal. A criminal is looking at his, uh, at his uh, victim. We have today, I, I saw articles, uh, terrible that we have gangs of people and they have accomplices working in expensive restaurants. And they see there's someone sitting down and he has a beautiful watch and a beautiful ring and she has a magnificent necklace and an even more expensive ring and she has a very expensive bag. And what happens when these people leave the restaurant, the person working in the restaurant texts his accomplices on the outside and they go and they follow these people to rob them. Because a criminal wants to rob someone who has something for them to take. And during this time of Nisan, when we're so filled with light, when we're so filled with this, the, the, the dark side has two reasons. It has its revenge, and it sees itself as an opportunity to take from us during this time. So on Passover, evil seeks like a parasite to suck off the divine light that shines upon us. And this is based on this chametz where they could enter and therefore during this time particularly, we have to be very careful not to have chametz. 
So if I go back to the person who walked in, who was somewhat sarcastic, and says to me, why does God care if you, almost reminds me of the Rasha, if you, why does God care if you eat hametz on Pesach? I have to say, why does Hashem care so much if I eat hametz on Pesach and you eat hametz on Pesach? The answer to speak out metaphorically is because one who ignores this prohibition is basically taking all the money which the king showers on his subjects during these days, all the shefa, all the light that Hashem gives us during Pesach. And what are we doing? We're handing it over to the criminals who want to build up their infrastructure of evil. The Lashem adds that the Peshat and the Pasuk, which says that we have to avoid Hametz because we left quickly, what's the connection? The explanation of the matter is as follows. Had the Exodus been in our merit, remember one of the reasons why when Hashem tells Moshe, I want you to take out the people, Moshe says, no. Shelach beyad tishlach, send with who you're going to send. It's not ready. I only want to do it if it's a full redemption. They don't deserve to go. And then Hashem says he spoke bad about them, even if it was truthful. And what does Hashem do? Put your hand in your shirt, take it out. It has leprosy. It has sarat because he spoke against the people. But he was speaking truthfully. They didn't deserve to go. So the, the answer really is back to that. Had the Exodus been in our merit, evil would have been destroyed entirely at the time. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was looking for. However, since the redemption took place as a freebie, why were we redeemed? We were redeemed because not our own merits, but because Zichut Avot, because Hashem promised to Abraham, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov, I'm going to put them in and I'm going to take them out. Hashem promised them so to fulfill His promise. Hashem gives us without us earning. And that evil... We didn't merit to have it destroyed 100%. And the reason why we had to leave in a rush because it was a year after all the plagues, evil was about to be destroyed entirely. And since we didn't merit this, steps had to be taken to prevent this. Hence our speedy departure. Leaving quickly embodies the fact that we left Egypt for free, which is indeed the explanation of the need to avoid Hamid during these days when the dark side, the other side, is bent on revenge. The Leshem concludes his piece by noting that regarding the future when evil will indeed be destroyed in our merit and thus destroyed 100%, Yeshayahu the prophet actually states, They're not going to run out quickly. They're not going to go in a fleeing manner. Everything's going to be different when we have the end geulah, when we've earned it. So we have to think, we have this incredible, incredible opportunity on Pesach. We have this tremendous amount of light coming into us. And it's a free gift. We just won lotto. We have to realize that that gift is attractive to the dark side. So we have to do everything that during this period of time we earn, we earn, we earn. We build up zechuyot. We protect ourselves. And then we don't do anything to allow the dark side access. And therefore we go through this whole thing of ridding our houses of chametz of avoiding eating chametz because we don't want to give them an access point to us during this incredible time. And if we do that, and if we push ourselves away, and I'm going to tell you, your Yetzir Hara is going to push you more and more this week to do things because the Yetzir Hara wants access. It's true of each and every one of us. The Yetzir Hara is going to come and it's going to try to do its best. What do we have to do? We have to push away the Yetzir Hara we have to bask in the light and then we have to earn the light. And we have to say, 
just like they began to earn when they left Egypt. Through the blood, they're going to live. Through the blood, they're going to live. We have to take the next 49 days. And Bezrat Hashem, we won't need the 49 days because maybe we'll have earned through all of our suffering and all of we've done and all of the mitzvot that we do and all the learning that we try and all of our attempts, especially when the dark side is so powerful that Hashem will bring Mashiach in Pesach night. And like we say in Nisan, we were redeemed. In Nisan, we will be redeemed. And we say we're at the beginning of the final redemption. No question about it. But then we go through the 49 days until we come to Shavuot. We go from the, from the, from the Matzah. And we go from the lack of Chametz. And each day we try to grow and earn and grow and earn and grow and earn. And to get the level of 49 that we count into Chamishim Yom Tisperu to the 50th day which is Shavuot. Where we receive the Torah. And that's the day, interesting enough, that we bring bread. And not matzah as part of the sacrifice. We come up to the level that we don't have to be afraid of the Yetzir Hara. That we're protected from the Yetzir Hara by our own merit. And we should be the ones who are worthy. That through our worthiness, Hashem should take the Yetzir Hara. And slaughter the Yetzir Hara. And bring Mashiach b'merabi amenu. Amen. Tiskushin rabot b'imot v'tovot.